What's about the dead coming back to life again and having to be killed a second time? Welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Chalakian. And this is part two of our Zombie History Month. We're exploring Italian zombie movie called Zombie. <laughs> They're very creative. But before we can get on to our zombie review, we have to go back to our 10 word reviews, which we do every single episode, starting with Brennan. Go, Brennan. Okay. Freaks of Nature. Zombies, vampires, aliens, high school. They just forgot a script. Gem and <laughs> the holograms. Juliet Lewis vamps the enamel off her teeth. Love it. The other side of the door. Just stare at your own door. Cheaper and more fun. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> uh, I had to review it for work and it was not great. Okay. Uh, mine 10 reviews. Bear. I could barely watch. Please avoid at all costs. And Gem and the Holograms. Even though it flopped, I really want to watch again. Yeah, that was so fun. I hope you all enjoyed the Gem and the Holograms song that we played at the end of the last episode. And if you didn't... Uh, we can't be friends. Yeah, you're not in our demographic, I guess. <laughs> um, let's move on into our discussion of Zombie. It's the second Lucio Fulci film that we have featured on the podcast. And I'm super excited to hear your opinions on it, Shannon, because you loved The Beyond so much. I did. I did. I, I beyond loved it. So as always in our discussion, it contains spoilers and it starts with Brennan reading the plot. Go ahead and take it away, Brennan. And the plot, as read from the back of the Blue Underground DVD disc, says nothing. There's literally just a quote that says, As gory as the law allows, zombies set new standards for eyeball violence, arterial spurting, maggot infestations, topless skin diving, and zombie table manners. And that's all you re- need to know, really. Uh, yeah, that essentially is the plot. It's okay, great. but just really briefly, um, this girl, Ann Bowles, um, her dad's boat floats in the New York Harbor, and there's a zombie on it, and the zombie attacks the police people, and runs away. She teams up with a reporter named Peter. They go to the island where her father was. They discover there's an infestation of zombies that are halfway between voodoo zombies and george romero's flesh-eating zombies and they team up with some people and they gotta fight them and that's it yeah pretty much that is that's all you really need to know um okay so let's start with scariness so a couple of things that was said in that sentence that the back of the dvd had was talking about maggot infestations i honestly (laughs) I, i think i only watched half the movie because i couldn't look at the screen for a lot of the time yeah, Shannon is deathly afraid of worms. Like, her boggart would turn into a giant worm. Ooh, don't even say that. Sorry. It just, ugh, it makes me squirm thinking about squirming things. Yeah, so that that's the Shannon-centric scariness. I also gave it a two out of five uh, screams. But just because it's, it's not bare minimum scary. It, it, it didn't really impact me that much in terms mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm scared of this. Because it's, it's a fun, gory zombie movie. Yeah. But Lucio Fulci is an insane director. He was kind of like the Michael Bay of Italian horror films. Like, he's just into, like, boobs and ex- and guts and whatnot. Which is great. 
No, it is great. But he's also he does have an artistic flair, and there are certain scenes where his methodical pacing is just kind of unbearably tense occasionally. Yeah, that's true. So there are moments like there's a moment where this lady is trying to like push this door closed as a zombie is reaching into it. It's they're they're slower, but they have tension, and I appreciate that. So two out of five. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Two out of five. Other than the worms that I couldn't really watch, um, the tension was great. And there was the thing that I love about the two Lucio Fulci movies I've seen is that they're so there's there's such a variety to them. And so with scariness, you don't just get jump scares. You're getting like a, a whole uh, poo poo platter uh-huh. of scary 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 tense things. Um, but I feel like that almost attracts because you only really connect with a certain type yeah. of scare. So, And there are a couple great jump scares, which is very strange for the 70s because they mm-hmm. weren't very good at that. Yes, indeed. So um, two out of five for both of us. Right on. Moving on to Capiness and yourself. I gave this film three out of five perms. This is the segment where I have the most to talk about out of anything. Yay. Um, this movie was... Like, as a whole, it wasn't a crazy, campy experience, but there are so many different moments that are so 70s or so Italian, and there's a weird surrealness involved. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest combination of that is Mrs. Menard. She's the wife of the doctor who's trying to cure the zombie virus on the island of uh, Matub, where everybody is. And she hates living there. She wants to leave. She's constantly, like, screaming at him, begging to be taken off this island. But every reaction she has to anything, basically, her eyes get wide and she gnashes her teeth. And I have literally no idea what emotion she's feeling. She's like the Mona Lisa. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll say something and I'm like, is she excited or is she about to kick him in the nuts? I can't tell. And <laughs> is she turned on? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's such a 70s Italian performance and it's so special. And, of course... Um, Shannon was so surprised by the amount of nudity in this film, which I thought was strange. But then I remembered that the Beyond was kind of chaste in that regard. It was yeah. a much gorier film, but a much less exploitative film. Yeah. So this film kind of uh, beefed up the other side of that equation. Like, probably one of my favorite exploitation scenes is uh, the previously mentioned Mrs. Maynard. She's taking a shower, but there's like a set of mirrors on a vanity next to her so you can see her from every angle and i'm like that's such a perfect execution of the italian mindset towards nudity yeah <laughs> it's like get it all in yeah um here do you, uh i have a lot to say do you want to just say your score and chime in for a little bit yeah i mean you might touch on this too but um the nudity is definitely why my campiness score is a three out of five um because it is fairly excessive and more than anything it just like is so impractical you know like there's one thing if if she's just taking a shower and she's nude whatever that that makes sense but there is a woman who straps on a diver's tank and she's naked and decides to dive naked well she's wearing panties well, yeah, barely. Like it's a, a it's bottom. a thong. It's it's not anything, you There's know. There's so and many crotch shots in that scene. Yeah, oh, so many. So, uh, the campiness is pretty much all that. Um, and you've got like the weird uh foreign guy who has a sexy accent, mm-hmm. and then you had um there was like one shot where I don't remember what it was. was it was like reporting or like like police investigation, and there were all those people in like the bell bottom jumpsuits. Oh yeah, remember. Yeah, so that's my campiness score. Okay, go ahead and finish what you were saying. Okay, two more things. Um, the music in this movie 
is crazy. It's either like MIDI, like 8-bit video game steel drum music when they're on the island. Mm-hmm. Or there's like this uh, weird electro score that sounds like the beginning of a Tiesto song. It's great. But my favorite thing is there's a lot of disco music and there's a lot of just weird kind of peppy music that sounds really muffled. Like the first time it came about, it's when uh, the lady Anne Bowles played by Tisa Farrow, who's Misa Fer- uh, Mia Farrow's sister. She's like sneaking onto a boat and she's hiding behind this big like steel can. And the disco music starts playing, but it's really muffled. And I'm like, is there a cell phone ringing? Right. Like, all of the soundtrack sounds like a cell phone in somebody's pocket that's, like you can sort of hear, but you can't really quite make out what's going on, right? And then also, um, when she and the reporter join these two tourists on a boat to take them to Matube, the guy's like, "Do you know how to sail?" And she's like, "I was born in a boat." And I was like, "Okay, look, you didn't answer the question, because that's like saying if someone's like, but can you do brain surgery?' I was born in a hospital. Like, yeah, where you're born doesn't really help you. Exactly. Anyway, let's move on. I don't want to ramble. Um, Shannon, what's your gore score? This is the most important part. I know, right? So my gore score is a four out of five. It's a low four. They're definitely, like, the Beyond definitely had better gore, I thought. Um, But there were definitely points in this movie where I was uh, yelping with enthusiasm about the the, effects. This is like Sunday night football for Shannon. It's great. Oh, man, there's so many. And I'll talk about one of them specifically later. But other things, um, uh, a lot of good blood. Obviously, it was a little little red, a little painty this time. But it almost makes it better. It's like Ricky O style, um, bad, good gore effects. And I love that he is on that line. You know, like part of it is like, okay, they use his fake head. It looks real enough to trick you for a moment. And then it looks completely not real, like at all. Um, and they have this crazy scene with an eyeball where they just stab the eyeball with this like wooden shard and that was crazy so anyway i kind of rambled a little bit there but gore great lucio fulci good job still love the beyond better but i still enjoyed some of the shots so yeah yeah i again i agree i gave this movie a four to five severed limbs lucio fulci hates the eyeballs of the world so he continues his vendetta against them an eye for an eye yeah exactly I mean, this movie was a video nasty. It was persecuted in England during that time. Um, it, it was actually under the title Zombie Flesh Eaters in England, which was even more evocative. Ooh. Uh, it totally earns its video nasty status. Most of the gore is kind of relegated to certain scenes, like one or two or three scenes in the beginning, and then a whole bunch in the last half hour. And it's much fakier than The Beyond, which is still pretty fakey. Um, like Shannon said, there's like the tempura paint type blood going on, but there's one part where a zombie bites this dude's arm that looks impeccable even today. Oh yeah. That looks so good. It's a really creepy shot. And yeah, I mean, for all that he lacks in realism, Lucio Fulci more than makes up for in just gonzo, um, unremitting approach to displaying what he's displaying. Yeah, and that Italian surrealism that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It, it like, adds to that, I feel. It's, you're you're more grossed out by the atmosphere than the actual effects, but both are good. Yeah, exactly. So, how are we going to synthesize all these things? What's your quality score, Shannon? So, my quality score is three out of five. For those listeners who have listened before, you know that means that I would watch the film again, which is awesome. Also, uh, I really like that on this weird journey with you, I went from having seen a couple of horror movies with you to like establishing directors that I actually like and um, gravitate towards. So 
if this is any indi- indication of like his other films, I'm excited to see what else he's got in his repertoire. Yeah, I I could not have predicted that you would be such a diehard Lucio Fulci fan, but I'm glad we discovered that. I know, 1970s horror. 1917s Italian horror. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Who knew? But we'll have to watch more. Yeah. But um, for me, I also gave it three out of five unlucky stars. It's kind of a wavering score for me between a two and a three, maybe. Mm-hmm. I was very bored by yeah. a lot of the first act of this film. It takes a long time for them to even get to the island. The character scenes in Lucio Fulci films are not what you come for. Like, he's not a master of creating, like, delicately portrayed human people so it's just a whole bunch of cardboard cutouts waddling around new york for so long but there's there are those lucio fulci touches like the gore that we talked about there's a shot in the very beginning when the empty boat's floating in where it's a shot up the boat's sail and it's surreally gorgeous and there are moments like that that are really beautiful and really interesting but for the most part i was not impressed by the pacing of this film um Obviously, I love the zombies. I love the gore. That's very kind of compressed in the last half hour. But also, I wanted to mention that a lot of the zombies have their eyes closed the whole time, which I thought was really an interesting approach because I feel like I haven't seen that before. And it gave them a more otherworldly, supernatural quality. Like, they don't need to see where they're going. They're just driven by this hunger. Yeah, especially considering his, uh, Lucio Fulci's fascination with the eyeball. Like, I wonder what that, like, let's... If we were to digest it in some sort of uh, film essay, which we won't do, um, but yeah, that was very interesting, and and the dip, the dubbing was so bad, the oh audio God. dubbing was so bad, especially at the beginning. Then it got better, but you don't watch Italian horror for for the English dialogue, like you just don't, you know? Yeah, because there's not a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. All right, on to our favorite part: champion dialogue. Champion dialogue. Why don't you start? Okay. My favorite champion dialogue comes from a scene where the reporter and the uh, main girl, they meet for the first time because both of them have snuck onto her father's boat to try to figure out what was going on. And um, they accidentally knock something over. They alert the local policeman that there's someone on the boat. So real quick, they decide to pretend that they're two lovers making out. So when the police comes, they're kind of like not, they're not as suspicious. Yeah, they're just adventurous, sexy people. Yeah. And it was the 70s. This kind of thing probably happened a lot especially in New York, which was super seedy back then. Um, So this is the conversation that ensues where they're pretending to be like a couple kind of sexually adventurous. This is all your fault. You realize that, don't you? It was his idea, not mine. Well, listen to her, Miss Goody Two-Shoes. Well, whose idea was it to have a romantic setting down by the water? I'd have settled for an empty boxcar. Oh, no, never again. Not another boxcar. Yeah, well, she takes after her mother. They're both bananas. And I just love that line, like, no, no, not another boxcar. Right? Like, that was pretty good improv for both of them. Yeah, and just the way that they were bickering, it was such a good diversion. Like, it's a funny scene, and that one line just really struck me to the core. Yes. So what was yours, Shannon? Um, Mine is actually a callback to other movies that we've watched in the past who have had similar outbursts like this. But uh, um, it involves a character, Susan who is the naked... Sexy scuba lady. Yeah, yeah, sexy scuba lady, naked girlfriend of Mountain Man. Um, and she just says this. Hey, it's... Damn you, you bastards! I can't take it! Yeah, I didn't really have a good build for that, but you don't need one. It just is, uh, is really funny. And it reminds me of Pieces. 
Bastard. Uh, Bastard. Bastard. We're gonna have to post that on on the Facebook. We will. That should be yeah. our ringtone. It should. Our it'll, podcast. It'll ringtone. be my ringtone for you. So only when you call me. Okay. <laughs> well, it's a bastard. I should be offended, but I'm not. Yeah. No, you should be proud. Yeah, and your your champion dialogues are always so hard for me to find. You're like, I like the part where she said bastard, and I'm like, well, got to scrub through 90 <laughs> minutes of film to find this. Sorry, I'll try to be more um, <laughs> more general and more conclusive. Nah, it's okay. Yeah, all right. So, uh, speaking of, who is your favorite character? My favorite character, oh, he has a name. He so does. His name is Brian, I guess. It's this is the life and death of Brian. Yeah, right? Um, I just called him Mountain Man. He looks like one of my coworkers. Um Ooh. who I know, but my coworker has a pompadour and a and, and a um beard. Well he's which like, is like a modern version of what Mountain Man was wearing. See, hipsters today are trying so hard to look like what this man unequivocally achieved back in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, literally. He's, he's got the Grizzly Adams look. It's great. And he's like, you know, He's living the dream, just like living on a boat with his sexy girlfriend. Um, but he is the one who like really follows through and takes care of people towards the end when they're like, you know, trying to fight off the zombies. And yeah, so he's the most competent member of their crew. Exactly. And we don't even know that much about him. We don't know anything about him, really. Yeah, he's a Fulci character. He has nothing. He yeah. has a great Daily Planet shirt. That's what he has. Yes, he does. He has a great Daily Planet shirt. So anyway, he was cute and had a good, cool shirt and was um, cool. And he had a, there was a scene with his girlfriend when, when his girlfriend was sexy scuba diving. It keeps panning through all the three like main characters other than Susan, sexy, sexy scuba lady. Uh-huh. And it was like um lisa farrow right that's her name tisa 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 farrow is like staring at her and peter west is staring at her and then it cuts to mountain man and he's just eating a sandwich not looking at her yeah he's so casual about his life like he's rugged and casual and has an awesome life and i do envy him yeah so he's great anyway he's my favorite (laughs) who's your favorite character my favorite character is okay so there's a scene where the police have cordoned off this area where they found this boat and there's a whole crowd of people trying to looky-loo. And one of them has this giant afro, and his shirt is unbuttoned, like, all the way down to his penis, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and just this – he stood out in a crowd of the most 70s extras I could have seen. And so he he's not a character, but then again, who's a character? anyone above an extra in this film? Literally. Anyway, so – I'm actually going to hop on to favorite scene because it kind of branches off from what you were saying. Yeah, go ahead. Because my favorite scene is the topless scuba diving scene. Wait, what part of the scene? Hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. I'm going to let me lead you through this scene. Good, I'm so glad. Because first of all, they're driving to the island of Matub, all four of them. And this lady's like, can we stop here? I want to go scuba diving because the water looks so nice. So literally, this is like a metaphor for the movie. It stops in its tracks so she can go topless scuba diving. Like, we're on our way to doing a plot, but she's like, uh, I'm going to show you my boobs first. So, so she's swimming around underwater in her totally inadequate protective gear. And Shannon's just watching this, in just flabbergasted. And she's like, she's so unsafe. Why would anyone do this? Like, what's the point of this scene? And I'm like, Shannon, I, I think this is the point of the scene. <laughs> and she was so upset by all of this uh, nudity. And I was just so amused watching Shannon. She was like why does this scene exist? And then like a shark shows up and there's some tension with the shark and Shannon's like, but like, yeah, but why? And then 
the shark fights a zombie and Shannon was like, oh, okay. I see. <laughs> it just took so long, too. Like, she was scuba diving without the shark and without the zombie for, like, 10 minutes. You know? And it was pretty. Like, it was gorgeous. And I was making a reference to where she looked like the baby from the Nirvana um, oh, yeah. cover. Reaching for the dollar. Yeah, exactly. But, like, it was so long. And, like... I don't I I just I'm just imagining straight men being like, Yes, this is quality. Like this is this is what I came for and I'm like, You've gotta be kidding me, this is so useless. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um And like zombie versus shark fight sounds like the most awesome thing that's ever happened. It's actually a very slow moment that is fun but not like crazy bonkers. Yeah. But I would suggest watching that scene with Shannon because she totally <laughs> augmented my experience of this film. I really like that scene. Like w- once they, okay, so once the zombie entered, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is like the Pirates of the Caribbean where uh-huh, the zombies the can like just live underwater, live <laughs> in quotes. Um, like that's cool, you know? And then he added on the part where the zombie and the shark interact. I was like, that's so cool too. And then he eats part of the shark. And the shark eats part of him, and I'm, and then part of my like former film major esque is like, how did they do that? Yeah, for all of me, I was like, are they just in the water with that shark? I'm really worried for them. And then I was like, oh maybe there was a pane of glass between the girl and the shark, so we could see through it and look like they were together. And then like I was Indiana like, Jones. Yeah, or something. But then I was like, you know what? This was Italian filmmaking in the 70s. She's in that freaking water with the shark. That's true. And then and, part of it when she was getting. Well, not she. When the zombie was getting bitten by by the shark, I was like, "Is that a felt shark? Did they did they, you know, make a fake shark in order to do this?" No, it looks like a real shark. My theory is that the shark looked weird. I think it had no teeth. Oh. I think they were using a toothless shark, so it wasn't as dangerous. That makes sense. I couldn't. I couldn't really think of the teeth. But maybe shark teeth just look weird, and I didn't recognize them. Hmm. But that's my theory. That's a good theory. Thank you. Anyway, it was a cool scene, um, but it was not my favorite scene. Which uh, is? So my favorite scene is an equally as slow, tense mo- like scene, um, but it's a graveyard scene. So Matub or Matul or whatever. Matub. Apparently, it was it's some it's some island where all of the inhabitants are black, but they only speak Spanish, um, and. It, apparently there were some like the conquistadors took over the island or or as brian so eloquently puts it conquistadors conquistadors and uh, so they took over the island um uh, and then the the zombie thing is happening right and it's not just people who get sick and get like affected with a disease it's like any dead are rising above and they end up walking into a graveyard of the conquistadors and they like find a conquistador helmet they're like oh look at this <laughs> like just sitting on the ground and then they find out that they're um, in this graveyard and they decide to stop at this graveyard beca- to like recollect because Susan, Mountain Man, Sexy, su- sexy Scuba Susan, Mountain Man, um, British Peter West, and Tisa Farrow are all just like they've been running away. So they decide to stop and, and then make out a little bit. And ma- yeah, make out a little bit and God knows what. And then. It's the cl- very classic, and I say classic as in, I don't, I don't think I've actually seen this scene happen, but I everyone talks about it, of the hand coming out of the ground in the graveyard, and it just comes out, and it grabs Tisa Farrow on the head while she's making out with Peter West. 
Which is you like know? the worst nightmare for young lovers. <laughs> I know, right? And then they all rise from the grave and start chasing them. and But chasing by like walking very slowly, like uh-huh. like the Lucci Fulci. That's, that is a really zombies. great slow build scene because they stop to kind of camp out for a little bit. And then they slowly realize that they are in a graveyard. And then the zombies slowly rise. And it's so... Everything builds on itself. And it's great. Yes. That is probably one of my favorite scenes, too. Yeah, yeah. I think both of our scenes could have been interchangeable with each other. They were both very, very I mean, good. mine does have a shark fighting a zombie, but That's okay. true, that's true. <laughs> Let's move on to our Zombie History Month featured segment, Corpse Corner. Woo! So, Shannon, what was your favorite zombie? My favorite zombie was Sexy Scuba Susan, because she... Spoilers! I know, she ends up getting zombified. I'm just really glad that they didn't do some sort of thing where, like... They ripped her boob off or something when she got zombified or like something. Like the castle freak. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but she's probably the only zombie I cared about because everyone else is just like, random zombie number two. Um, and she just she just kind of stood there staring at them um, with her like bloody eyes and nose and, and mouth. And I was like, this is pretty cool, actually. And then she takes a hefty chunk out of Brian. Mm-hmm. With that cool zombie lunge that they do sometimes. Like, they're mostly super slow, but when they're kind of going in for the kill, they're so fast. Like a praying mantis. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, which is a bummer, because Mountain Man is awesome, but he, the, he, like, still drives the boat away from the island at the end, like, helping them get escape, even though he's gonna, you know, die. Also, another bleak Lucio Fulci end, uh, uh, another bleak Lucio Fulci ending, because they're on this boat where part of the engine is hurt, so they can't go faster than, like... 10 knots per what i don't know boats but they have to drive really slow away from maltube or matube and they're trying to go back to new york which is currently being infested with zombies yeah so, i kind of like the ending though because it's just like everyone's doomed yay yeah and they're, they're just stuck out in the ocean on this boat that cannot take them far and then it cuts to new york and you see all these zombies walking across like the brooklyn bridge it's awesome it's pretty great it's it's great Okay, and uh, my favorite zombie is a zombie that climbs in through the window of the hospital that they're all boarded up in, and it's got these giant bulging eyes that are just staring out at them. And both of us, we're just kind of like, oh, look at that zombie. <laughs> it was a really cool zombie. It was like Bulge Troll. Yeah, it was like, the, the there, there was another troll. zombie that also reminded me of the Bulgy Troll, who was this lady who had like re- a really gaunt face. Yeah. But they were both scarier than the Bulgy <laughs> Troll from Troll 2. I don't know. I was freaked out the first time we saw Bulge Troll. Okay, yeah. It was, that was great. I love watching movies with you. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I'm so glad. I love, I love watching with you, too. Oh, thank you. Oh. Okay, so what's the next segment? The Most works. Delicious Human. Oh, yes. That's right. Okay, so um, I'm going to pick Mountain Man again because, again, he was super cute. And by super cute, I mean, like, literally Mountain Man. He looked like a Mountain Man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he's the only one I cared about, so yay. Yeah, um, I feel like the movie was trying to convince me that Peter West, the British reporter, was hot. but It failed. It completely failed. And I don't want to insult this actor's appearance, but, like, his hair was not well served by the way this film was shot. He has this very strange bald spot that kind of blends in with his hair color. So you don't know it's there until it is. And it's like, surprise. And by the it's end like of the movie. It's like a jump scare. Yeah, it is. By the end of the movie, his hair is all matted and scraggly. And it looks like he has 
ripped half of it out. Because it's a comb over. Yeah, he he looks like uh, Donald Trump sans toupee. Like, he's just very strange looking. So I also chose Brian because he's blonde and rugged and why not? Because hello, Brian. Um, so Shannon, what was the best death in this movie for you? Uh, so there was an awesome death where part of the cemetery scene, a zombie comes out of the grave and I think, I don't know, he like bites someone or, or grabs someone's ankle and um, in in an effort to distance themselves from him, Peter West, no, Mountain Man, which one? I don't remember. Okay, one of the two, I don't know, grabs one of the um, cross... The gravestones cross like gravestones grave it was like a, it was a wooden grave marker but picks it up and just like smashes his he- the the head as if he was using the cross like an axe and just like cut his head straight in half so you could see into his chrome dome and it was a uh, <laughs> pretty cool it was a really cool scene yeah. another one where both of us had to stop in awe yeah but my best death is kind of a cop-out because it's like the iconic scene from this movie that Shannon did bring up a little bit earlier. It's the zombie has burst his hands through this wall where the um, Mrs. Maynard is hiding. And so there's these splinters of wood and he just drags her face onto the splinter and it squishes her eyeball. And yeah, Lucio is not an eyeball man, we shall say. And it's one of the fakier gore scenes, but it's an eyeball. So it works. Yeah, and there's this moment where the wood enters the eyeball and there's like a definitive like popping yeah. of it and it's, you, you just like ugh, you cringe just like a little bit you know so and good stuff by the time the gore actually happens you're already primed for it because she's being dragged so slowly and her actual eye is so close to that splinter of wood it's a really well constructed scene yeah like you are already sold on what's happening before the kind of crappy effects come in yeah his his um kills are so artful you know they really are so anyway moving on to the games (gasps) what games (laughs) okay um the game that we'll be playing tonight is the game that we will will be recurring throughout zombie history month it's our zombie apocalypse team game where we have to figure out a team of characters from other movies that we've watched to help us fight these specific zombies if we had to fight them so who'd be on your team shannon okay so um i drew inspiration inspiration from the the head being smashed with the cross and i'm gonna say that i would like harvey keitel from from dust till dawn um because he has that cross gun that could double so you could be smashing heads with crosses and be shooting them which would be awesome that is useful and also um bullets running out is not an issue in this universe so you'd have double the bullets too. that's true that's true it wasn't really an issue in uh the beyond either uh until like the very very end because we were like he's done way more than six bullets now (laughs) And uh, it just ended up working at the very end. Uh, and then my second person is Ellie from Madman. Lovely Ellie, who is all sweet and innocent until she gets in a tough situation. And then she goes... She hides in a fridge. Well, yeah, she hides in a fridge. But the way in which she hid in the fridge was so violent. Yeah, she was scrappy. She's scrappy. I appreciate that. She, she would survive. Yeah. So and I, she could tell your tale. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly someone that they need. And then uh, finally, I would pick Leatherface because who better to fight zombies than a 
deranged, mentally child human who has a huge sledgehammer. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Leatherface <laughs> would be very helpful in many situations. Yes, yes totally. Including big crowds at the mall. Mm-hmm. But um, Everybody move! <laughs> my zombie apocalypse team is, number one, Malcolm Brand, the killer from I, Madman, who like cuts off all of his facial parts. Mm, okay. Because there are a whole bunch of scenes in this movie where like a zombie bites a guy's cheek, and then the guy dies. So I'm like, Malcolm Brand is probably pretty used to losing his body parts, so he'd survive much longer than everybody mm-hmm. else. And he looks like a zombie. Yeah, he already does. And then my second team member would be Quentin Tarantino from From Dust Till Dawn, because if he became a zombie, I wouldn't mind shooting him in the face. Oh. And like also Hannibal Lecter, because I feel like he could empathize with them eating people, and maybe he could help us solve the problem because he understands what the zombies are going through. Like, I'd have to, like, give him information about myself, a la Clarice Starling, but he would help us solve the zombie crisis. I don't think that he can empathize with anything, but no. I would agree that he would probably understand. So, yes. All right. Well, I like your zombie apocalypse team, and I like mine, too. Great. Yeah. So, let's go into the final section of the podcast. Do you, have a, uh, do you have a recommendation for people who agree with you about zombie? Yes. My recommendation is Shaun of the Dead. This was going to happen at some point. I was going to recommend it at some zombie movie, but I figured this one um, is probably most suited just because it's very strange and um, it is a very good basis for all the things that kind of are dealt with in Shaun of the Dead. So Shaun of the Dead is a satirical, funny zombie movie. Enjoy. (laughs) All right. And my recommendation, do you like zombies? Do you like aliens? How about axe murderers? Or leech slugs that crawl into your brain. I would like to recommend Night of the Creeps, which has all of these things and more, including flamethrowers. Um, it's uh, I think it's from 1986. It's was written and directed by uh, Fred Decker. Let me look up his name real quick. Hold on. It was Fred Decker. Yeah. Uh, written and directed by Fred Decker, who also did Monster Squad. And he's actually friends with our good friend Matt Russell. So we're like two degrees away from him. Um. But Night of the Creeps, awesome movie that's simultaneously a really funny horror comedy that is like half 50s sci-fi parody, half 80s slasher zombie horror parody with uh, a really great performance from, what the hell is his name? Tom Bergeron? No. (laughs) Tom Bergeron. (laughs) And next oh, on America's oh, Funniest Home Videos. Really stunning performance from Tom Atkins. He, um, the way he answers the phone is he says, throw me. Like, he's this awesome, like, gravelly detective, and every line he has is the most deadpan, hilarious thing in the world. But it's also a really scary movie, which is surprising because a lot of horror comedies of that vintage are not scary whatsoever. But this has a really good combination of both, and I advise anyone who hasn't seen it to check it out. I think it is very undervalued in the critical community. And now for the clues. As for the clue from last week, which was very cryptic, so I apologize. I believe I said... (laughs) Crypt. (laughs) Nice. Um, I believe I said, if you drop a vowel, that'll get you halfway there, which will leave you stuck in the middle of the Atlantic. Not my best clue, so I apologize. But the movie I was referring to is Dawn of the Dead. In order to understand my clue, let me give you a little bit of history. 
Uh, Dawn of the Dead was produced during a time that George Romero and Dario Argento were working very closely together, which is why Goblin did the score. That's the group who did the score for Suspiria. Um, but so when Dawn of the Dead came out in America, Dario Argento released an Italian version of that movie, um, which was heavily recut with, I think, 40 minutes of completely different footage of George Romero's movie. And it was called Zombie, Z-O-M-B-I. And so when Lucio Fulci's movie came out in Italy, it was known as uh, Zombie 2, which is not accurate. It's not a sequel, but that's how they did things back then. Like, you know, Last Troll House of Part 2, Troll 2, all that stuff. Um, but then it also became known as Zombie, Z-O-M-B-I-E. So it's kind of known on its own. It was known in England as Zombie Flesh Eaters. It's a whole thing. Is it not said like Zombie? I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. Um, but basically, if you drop the E, you get Z-O-M-B-I, which is the Italian version of Dawn of the Dead, which means you're halfway there. And if you're halfway between the Italian and the American versions, you're in the middle of the Atlantic. So that was my thinking in that. Nice. Uh, Matt got it, but I think because of an earlier part of the clue and not the really weird part. Um, anyway, here's the clue for our episode two weeks from now, which is the final episode of our Zombie History Month. I know last week's clue was a little obscure but there's no need to fly into a rage like our next subjects. And if you have a guess for that clue, if you have any questions, comments, concerns about Dawn of the Dead, you can reach us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can reach us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast via email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. You find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Please do those things, please, because iTunes does not like to tell us how many people are listening, so the only way we can tell is by feedback. So we would love to hear from you what you like about the show, what you hate about the show. Please be nice because we do this to you for free. <laughs> but, yeah, we'd like to hear from you any which way you can. So please let us know. Indeed. Good to hear from you soon. <laughs> Excited to hear from you soon. That's what I meant. Wish you were here. <laughs> All right, And we'll be playing you out with There's No Matter by Linda Lee from the Zombie Soundtrack. Yay! Is this a song of love? I don't know. I don't care today. Maybe I'll sleep today. Maybe I'll forget. There's no matter. There's no matter. Bye. Bye bye. I'm definitely gonna like lounge during this one. Yeah. Emoji panda. This is this is my scrap paper. No, it's great. I like it. Hello. Hello. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready when you are. All right, let's get this over with.